Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Mixed Feelings. I'm your host, Kira Bria, and today we are going to be talking about Just Like That. Before we get into today's episode, Weekly Words of Wisdom is another Muji quote, which is, the clouds are moving, you are not moving, notice this. And that refers to, like, obviously this is a meditation that he led But when he says the clouds, like, yes, it could be the clouds, but it's really just the the swirling thoughts of mind that he's referring to. And like life, like things swirling around you, things swirling in your head, but your, your consciousness and your space of awareness, you, which is like the real you, your mind isn't you, but like the, the observer of the mind is you, is not moving. And you do have the opportunity to go back into that space and drop down into it when things are getting chaotic. So I just think it's a nice thing to remember. Weekly recommendations. I guess I would say just like that, even though that's what are, what we're about to talk about. Because um, <laughs> to be honest with you, just like that is the only thing I've watched other than Vanderpump Rules. And I can't recommend Vanderpump Rules to you again, even though there are nine seasons. So I guess every season I could recommend a new season. But um, I'm not going to do that because that seems whack and crazy but if you haven't watched Vanderpump Rules please please watch it honestly I'm going to emphasize that you watch it now because there will be a podcast slash YouTube video coming out on it very soon because I'm gonna I'm about to finish the whole series probably in in not too long I'm in the middle of season eight there's nine seasons right now so expect expect a review coming soon um yeah That's about it. Let's get into the episode. Today, I wanted to talk about Just Like That, the Sex in the City revival, because, you know, everyone's talking about it right now. I just started watching it. But what's interesting is I actually started watching it after I heard a few reviews about it. So my perception of it, I am actually going to be talking a lot about what it means for society, the fact that white women are really mad white women are really upset with this show. And it's not its not in the sense of like, okay, disclaimer. First of all, disclaimer, I haven't finished watching the three episodes that are out right now. Right now there's three episodes out. I've watched like one and most of the second one, so like one and a half. However, I want to tell you the criticisms I heard about it before I watched it and then get into it. Okay, so obviously, if you don't know, you know, you know, you know what Sex in the City is, right? Uh, Sex in the City, I think the first episode came out in 1998. I have seen the, the whole thing, so I can talk about this. Um, I think I watched it for the first time in the pandemic, actually. Thoroughly enjoyed. Um, obviously, there's a few things that didn't age well just because it was early 2000s. But so, okay. One of the things that I keep hearing from the the podcasts that I listened to that were talking about this were um, Girls Gotta Eat, Telling Everybody Everything with Katherine Ryan, and then I've also just seen a multitude of like white women talking about this via social media. So that's, when I say they were saying, that's who I'm talking about. Okay, so particularly Girls Gotta Eat, I was listening to their episode today as I was walking to the chiropractor and one of the things they really were harping on was like this, this manufactured wokeness and the fact that they've made the characters, 
they they said that they did them dirty because they made the characters seem way too ignorant, way more ignorant than these women would have been. I'm quoting, by the way, these aren't my thoughts. I'm quoting. They said they were way more ignorant than these characters would have been. And these they did these women a disservice by making them seem like they can't be in a room with the black person. And what else did they say? Oh, they said it, it feels like they froze these women in 1998 or 2000, whenever the show started, and then plopped them into 2021 with no context. Now, when I tell you I was actually very offended, and I love, I love Girls Gotta Eat, but they, they did not hit the nail on the head with this one. They actually offended me, to be fair, because when I started watching the show, and I saw experiences that I have been through just a couple years back. Like what happened with the, so there's this scene where Miranda, she, she's going to college to get her master's in human rights. And she, <laughs> she accidentally sits in the professor's seat. Then the, she gets told to move. Then when the professor comes in, she says, oh, you're not supposed to sit there. That's where the professor sits. And the professor goes, I am the professor. And Miranda goes, Oh, I, I, but your braids, I didn't know you were the professor because on your picture on the website, you don't have braids. And then she goes into this, she just puts her foot in her mouth several, several times, says a bunch of things that just make her seem like a Karen. And they referenced, Girls Gotta Eat referenced that scene and they made it sound outrageous, ridiculous, something that could never happen. And I'm sitting here watching something that happened to me recently. And I'm like, oh, y'all thought this was too outrageous to put on television. And I'm going to tell you why that offends me. Because the fact that so many... So I'm going I'm to just get into it. The reason that so many white women hate this show is because it shows them their pre-pandemic selves. It shows them the version of themselves before BLM, before the pandemic, before everybody put on their woke hats and put BLM in their bio. And it reminds a lot of white women of who they used to be. And they're embarrassed. Because when I watch it, I don't think, wow, this is so outrageous. They're forcing wokeness. I think, yeah, that's really realistic because that happened to me a couple years ago. And the fact that white women are all over the internet saying, it, they're not, they would not be that ignorant. I don't know what world you're living in because this shit happens to us every day. And so for you to come on here and say, oh, it's hyper, they've been over-exaggerated, blah, 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 blah. It's actually not your place to say what's over-exaggerated racism. It's not your place to say what's an over-exaggerated at over-exaggerated microaggression. It's not your place because guess what? You are not the one who experiences the microaggressions and the racism. So you probably wouldn't know. And so it probably would seem extreme to you. And this goes along. Again, I just watched the scene where Miranda really overreacts to the security asking the professor for her ID. And again, I guess white women watch this and think, oh my God, that's so much. But me, being someone who has experienced both racism with white women around and things that could be perceived as racism with white women around, I'm the first to tell you, they be doing that. They be overreacting. They be hyper-exaggerating situations because they don't understand and they're trying to. 
And for that, again, to be made to seem unrealistic and outrageous is an erasure of my experience. And so how about the white women who don't have these experiences stop coming on the internet and saying that they're over-exaggerated and irrelevant and instead consider the idea that it seems outrageous to you because you've never experienced it. I would like that. I would like that. Honestly, when I watched this show, I was really disappointed in Girls Gotta Eat. I have to, I have to be honest. And they're, they're my favorite podcast, you guys. Like, they're one of my favorite, for sure. And the the thing that it reminded me of, too, was... Okay, and I have to... <laughs> I'll get to that later. The thing that it reminded me of was the fact that during BLM, Raina, who is one of the podcast hosts, was talking shit about the riots and saying, you know, riots are unnecessary, I believe in justice, but that's not the way to do it. And she got checked. She got checked not just by Ashley, but by a bunch of people. And she, you know, she understood, she learned, she grew. That's all fine and well and good. But that just goes to show, like, your pre-pandemic self was probably saying some crazy stuff. And so now for white women, and again, it's not just them that I've seen say this. It's, it's like on Twitter, everywhere. White women in general seem to be very focused on the fact that these women are being made to seem extra ignorant without considering that that is how they are being perceived by people of color. And without considering that these things actually happen to people of color. Like it's so crazy to me and laughable the fact that white women watch this and went, oh my God, that's ridiculous. And I watched it and went, oh yeah, that happened to me. Can we just can we just ruminate for a second on how messed up that is? Don't don't talk about racial experiences and level them on a scale of 1 to 10 of what you think is believable and what is not unless you're black or a person of color. I don't I don't need I don't need you to assess how realistic something is that has to do with race unless you have a race that is oppressed. I think something that really bothers me about this situation is the way, like, okay, even again on Girls Gotta Eat, they were talking about why can't you just have more inclusive characters, but not do all of this? So do you know what happens when inclusive, first of all, the term inclusive characters is messed up. That's not a, that's not a thing. A person can't be inclusive just because I have Blackness within me doesn't make me an inclusive person. You can be inclusive and you can include people of color, but I don't have an inclusive identity. And that disconnect that I just mentioned is the exact reason why I'm like, y'all want more credit than you deserve. You think you're woker than you are. You say things that are offensive and you don't even know why. And then you complain about why is there ignorance on my television? Because that's who you are. And the reason it bothers you is because it reminds you of you. And the fact that, you, okay, back to my point, when you include other identities within a sea of white people, there will be conflict. I'm confused why white women think we're just going to have inclusive... Inclusive characters, meaning BIPOC identities <laughs> on the television, and there would be no conflict surrounding that. Do you know what that would be? That would be bad television because that would be a lie. 
That would be a lie. When black people enter white spaces, there will be ignorance and there will be conflict. And I'm sorry that you don't want to see that in the Sex in the City reboot because it makes you feel bad and you wish we could just have all these actors of color and nobody says anything about race. You know what that's called? That's called Bridgerton. That's called colorblind casting. That's not, that's not 2021. Even though I know people like to think 2021 is we include everybody and there's no problems. As a person who has an inclusive identity, I experience problems. Often. So it's strange to me how much white women desire like the... It's very funny because they're calling out the aesthetics of wokeness, but what white women really desire is having the aesthetics of wokeness without doing any of the work and not dealing with any of the conflict, not having to see it, not having to be reminded of it or embarrassed by it. And when you see it, you say it's outrageous because you haven't experienced it and you have no idea how ignorant all of that is. And this is why it's on the screen. This is why these white women, when they aged in this storyline, they would behave that I really do think that they would. I know everybody's saying, oh, that's so out of her character, blah, blah, blah. What part is out of, what part is out of the character? What part? I see white women do this all of the time. I see white women say inappropriate things about black hair and not understanding how hair works. Trust me, I've seen that my entire life. I see white women who overcompensate because they've realized they've been racially ignorant and then they start to put their foot in their mouth or they overcompensate in a situation that is not that big of a deal and they start getting freaked out about it and call racism even if it might not be racism or even if it is racism, they still are way more outraged than the black person is. You will see this 100% of the time when a black person experiences racism and tells their white friends, the white friends are the ones who seem more outraged because for us, it's expected and it's, it's an experience that we've had so it, it's just part of the dynamics of the world that we experience and we have to navigate on a daily basis. I don't need you to explode yelling and crying. I don't need that from you. I understand it's probably shocking to you because you don't have to deal with it. And again, the shock factor is why white women are uncomfortable when they watch this because subconsciously, I don't know if they know that there's some truth to it or subconsciously they know that they've done that in the past, but that's where the shock comes from. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, Women of color, people of color are not watching that scene and being like, wow, they really overdid that. It's only white women. It's only white women. And that's why it's nasty to me because the fact that white women have the ability to call ignorance that they see on television over-exaggerated, I, I can't get over it. I'm really angry. I'm actually very angry. Especially because this is a podcast that I listen to all the time and I love and it's like, it is not your place to tell me that some situation is over-exaggerated. Like it simply is not your place. Oh my God, take several steps away from that place. Leave that to us. Leave that to us. I will tell you if something seems over-exaggerated. Leave that to me. I think that the problem is also like, I, I understand if you are a woman who like grew up with this series, you feel like super attached to the characters and you feel like 
you have a narrative in their head of like how they're going to be because you identify with them. And so when they're portrayed as like somebody who's not perfect and says things that are not good to say or doesn't behave in like an ideal way or like a like a sexy way, I think people get turned off by it because I mean, what I, what I want people to remember is like when when Sex in the City was first made, it was a very different time for television. You weren't showing as much of like the unsexiness. Like it's like Carrie would mess up, but it would still she would still be glamorous. And I feel like in this one, I'm going to be honest with you, I've watched an episode and a half and I don't hate it. Like for any reason yet. I actually don't hate it. Do I think that they're trying to pack in a lot of like diversity content? Yeah. Do I think that that's usually a bit awkward for a show that used to be ultra white? Yeah. I think you see the same thing happen with Gossip Girl. I think you see the same thing happen with a lot of these reboots or even some new shows that try to like be with the times. And it can be a little bit awkward, especially if it's a remake of something that was whitey, white, white, right? But I think it's super unrealistic and stupid and ignorant to pretend like you can have your cake and eat it too. Meaning as white women to pretend that you can start having, <laughs> I can't even call that anymore because it's an embarrassment, to start having more diversity in a show and see people with different skin tones other than white and expect there to not be conflict that makes the white people look bad. Because if we're being realistic, if we're being in the real world, if we're being real raw, you are, that's not happening. You, you can't have a situation. You take a group of white women who have known each other for years, 20, 30 years, whatever. And you think that you're just going to bring in di a diverse cast and there it, it can just make them look even better because there's brown and black people behind them. Touch grass because go kick rocks for real, for real, for real. The desire to have like a perfect non-conflict television show that includes all these different races and ethnicities is like super unrealistic. And I know that white women just want the ability to like watch TV and have themselves not look ignorant, I guess. And I understand the sentiment, but guess what? There's years and years and years and years and years of material before somebody even, I'm pretty light, but somebody as dark as me was even allowed to be the main character. So if you want to watch your non-problematic television where the white women look woke and not ignorant and don't say anything racially stupid, go watch the first Sex in the City where they didn't call that out and they didn't know anything about it and they didn't care to bring in very many color characters of color or watch any movie made before 20 years ago ever. There's plenty of unproblematic content there, but the outrage that white women have at this show showing the problems showing the problematic nature of white women and then them calling it outrageous as if I don't have to go through this shit every day is ridiculous to me and that is not your call to make. Not at all. 
Not at all. The other thing, this is like super niche. This part that I'm about to mention is super niche, but I figure if you make it to this far in the video, you actually might care what I have to say. So, and again, I'm not like trying to like hate on girls gotta eat, but also I'm, I'm kind of mad at them right now for like the ignorance. That's what I'm saying. White women want to give themselves credit before credit is due. You want to see television that includes all ethnicities without white women being problematic and ignorant when you're even being ignorant in your assessment of there being too much ignorance in this show. Anyway, um, okay, so if you are me, meaning if you follow similar people that I follow, which is like, I follow Girls Gotta Eat, I follow Chelsea Handler, I follow Call Her Daddy, which is a conversation for another day because I know a lot of y'all hate that show. Um, okay, so there was a situation in the summer where Chelsea Handler came on Girls Gotta Eat and I remember listening to it because I, I was in the kitchen. I remember right there. Do you ever think about something you heard and you like literally remember exactly where you were and exactly what you were doing? I was in my kitchen and I remember hearing this part because they interviewed her and the interview seemed awkward. It seemed awkward the whole time. And I remember listening to it and being like, am I like reaching to feel like this is kind of awkward or is it awkward? You know what I mean? And then they started asking her like all of these sex questions in a very like pushy way, a way that wasn't, you could tell that they like had written out their questions on the sheet and their questions were based on, I think who she used to be maybe. I obviously I'm, I'm pretty young. So I didn't follow Chelsea Handler in the beginning of her career because I wasn't really alive or I might've been alive, but I was really young. <clears throat> I don't really know. I don't know when her career was, to be honest with you. I follow her later career. And I guess she used to be, I mean, I understand that she's raunchy, but maybe she used to be more raunchy. And they were asking her so many questions, like very explicit questions, and she just was not into it and she was not really having it. And I really felt that that vibe was kind of the whole interview that they were asking her questions that maybe her older self would have more resonated with, but her, this version of herself wasn't really trying, they wanted her life to be different because they kept asking her about her sex life and she was like, no, I don't really do that. No, I don't really do this. No, I'm not really into that. They were asking, I don't remember, but they were asking, are you into this? Are you into that? Are you into this? What's the craziest thing you've ever done? And she was like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like she was very much like, what do you guys want me to say? And me as the listener, I caught on to that. So I was confused how as a host, you wouldn't A, catch on to that while it's happening or B, catch on to it while you listen back, right? Then, <laughs> so obviously at the end of the episode, they plug her. And then she on her podcast says that she had like, I don't remember what words she said, but she had an awkward interview with these girls like a week ago and they were asking her all these things about sex and then girls gotta eat like on their next episode said how you know they're a sex positive podcast so it's weird for chelsea handler to be slut shamey and i listened to that and i was like y'all really aren't taking it there right 
you're not acting like she's slut shaming you after you pressed and pressed and pressed her on on super explicit questions that she very clearly didn't want to answer and was a little bit uncomfortable with and you just kept it pushing because you had an image of her and who she was and you didn't like that the woman sitting in front of you was not who you thought she was going to be. Y'all were in the wrong and now you're trying to play victim. Oh, she's slut shaming us. Can we get like a little bit of a grip? Just like a little bit? And it was funny because she went on call her daddy like a week or two later or something or a couple weeks later. And then this is why, like, I know a lot of people hate Alex Cooper and there are like, I, there's valid criticisms to her for sure. But she's a good interviewer because when you listen to that interview, you're like, okay, that is much better. That it feels like how it should have gone because she's taking the person as they are in front of them and just going off of them. She's not as much going off of a script. The reason I bring this up is because in the Girls Gotta Eat episode talking about just like that, they were talking about Carrie when she doesn't want to talk about masturbating. Can I say that on here? I guess so. Whatever, right? Um, <laughs> she she has like a podcast or she's on this podcast with this non-binary gender fluid person and they're asking her if she masturbates. Am I allowed to say that on YouTube? I don't really know. Um, and she says no. No, she doesn't say no. She doesn't answer. <laughs> she gets like, she gets like really awkward. And Girls Gotta Eat was talking about how she was just like Chelsea Handler for like making a career about sex and then not wanting to talk about it. And I was like, that was a low blow. And that was... That's not fair. I personally, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. You can't ambush someone on their sexuality, the sexuality they used to have when they were 25, when they're 55, and be be confused when they're not like super on the same page as you. I don't know if Chelsea Handler is actually 55. I think she's somewhere around there though. But I don't know. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And also when I saw that scene with Carrie, again, me watching it, I'm like, that's realistic too. Because yeah, she her career was like sexy, but it wasn't ex sexually explicit. And it made sense to me that she would get uncomfortable by a question like that. And again, it's the like the youth and the the new and fresh and the diversity, whatever you want to call it, that people desire with that, that character who's the, the owner of the podcast, if you put them in a room with someone like Carrie, they are going to bump heads. They are very different people. So I just, you cannot expect a diverse cast without conflict regarding race. If that's what you're looking for, you you are seeking a colorblind casting that y'all don't deserve. Meaning, if we're going to see white people and people of color on screen together, there should be conflict because that is what we experience as people of color. And if we were to see no conflict regarding race at all, you're actually just erasing 
our experience and the experience that people of color actually have in the real world when they walk into white spaces. I'm sorry that it makes you uncomfortable or embarrassed or whatever it may be, but I also am not sorry because you need to get over it. Okay. Um, I think that... (laughs) I'm sorry to end it on, like, such a whatever note, but that is all I have to say so far about Just Like That. I might make it a part two because obviously there's only three episodes out right now. I don't know how many they're making, but I'm sure I'll have plenty more thoughts. Don't forget to give this podcast a five-star rating. Send it to your friends. Follow me on Instagram at Kirabria. Um, subscribe to my Patreon. I'll link it down below. I post my short stories on there. I bet I will write one about just like that as well. Um, yeah, and you know where to find me. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.